0: What's up, everybody? We're back. We've taken a little hiatus here um, just because of all the craziness that's going on in our country right now. We wanted to sit back and really see the streets and hear what they're talking about and what they're speaking with. And we really wanted to sit back and just understand these problems that are going on right now. And we obviously know what's going on. This has been a long history within this country of the social injustices that we see nowadays. And the history overall continues to the year 2020 And on top of that, the year has been crazy as it is. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about everything that's going on. We have two of our good friends joining us, David Bell and Dan Valdez, who are also very educated and passionate about this topic. So we appreciate you guys joining today. Um, This is going to get as tinted thoughts as it's going to get, guys. We got six of us here, all minorities, and uh, going to speak from a different perspective, but I know we'll, we'll talk that good stuff. So David, I want to start with you, man. What are your genuine thoughts? I really want you guys to speak from the heart so all the listeners and us can really feel and understand where you guys are coming from right now.
1: Yeah. Um, Thank you. Um, Thank you guys for having me on here. I I feel honored. I feel like one of your stands. I've been listening to every episode. I wish I could have been on for the Marvel rankings because there's some (laughs) questionable rankings with you guys, but we'll get to that at at a later date. Um, Yeah, it's been... I, I keep trying to figure out how to describe how I feel, right? So it's tough to describe because I'm, I'm seeing it so much, right? It's not just George Floyd. It's not just Breonna Taylor, um, which, by the way, those police officers that murdered her in her home in her sleep are still out there right now just chilling. Um, it's not just Ahmaud Arbery. It goes back just like in the last couple of years. You can just – there's countless names that – either we know of because of social media or because of the cameras being prevalent or we don't know of. Right. Um, So when all of that starts to happen and we get into this cycle of like normalcy where it seems like all of this is just the cost of being black in America. Right. It's, it's tough to digest. And I think I'm at the point now with George Floyd and basically just seeing the way communities are rising up right now where i'm I'm no longer allowing myself to be numb to it um, I've experienced it like a roller coaster of emotions um, just within the past you know week or so and it gets tough to I find it tough to digest everything and still go about my daily life like I still got to go to work you know I'm still working from home so I'm still on zoom with my coworkers and it's tough to just stay in work mode when everything that's going on in these cities is like being broadcast on social media almost by the minute. Right. And it, it's tough because I feel like as, as a black man, it's something that I've grown accustomed to, but we're finally reaching a point now where we don't want to grow accustomed to it anymore. Um, and a lot of other people that aren't black men are still um, are, are are in the same boat. They're they're not. They don't want this to be normal either, right? And it's hard to it's hard to be a black man that sees a black man or a black body on the ground on these cameras with the police on top of them, and also try to educate your friends on why this is a problem. Um, it's it's almost like the equivalent of like i have a friend that died in a car accident and i have to educate some other friends on how to drive i shouldn't have to do that and i don't want to do that and i don't want to like keep going on instagram and putting all these posts up on my story because at the end of the day it's really just me staring at or like screaming at a wall i'm not getting any response i mean I, i do get some friends checking on me and i'm very thankful for them very thankful for that i also have colleagues that are um very cordial and inviting, um, to my feelings and, um, they're conscious of what I'm going through and they, they communicate that well, but I don't want to have to grieve this black father, this black brother, this black son, and also try to educate my white friends on why this is something that shouldn't be continuously happening. So I, I go through those emotions almost every day. I wake up and I'm like, OK, I'm good. Like, I'll do my meditation. I'll read my Bible. I'll get to work. And then by the time I get to work, I, you know, take my little break from work and I'm on social media and then everything comes back. And then I find myself in this situation because I grew up in a primarily uh, white suburb. So I was usually the only black kid in class. Um, I have a couple friends that were also the only black kid in their class. one One is younger than me. A couple of them are older than me, but it was always like four or five black kids in our entire class, graduating class, at least for, for high school. Um, so it's something that I've, I've noticed, but also growing up in that bubble, um, racial identity didn't really show up until I got to college because I mean, everybody would see me as David, you know, walking around the town that I grew up in, um, but then you get to college and then, you know, when I got to college, like two years after I'm in in school, um, the Trayvon Martin thing happened and that verdict comes out and you kind of see, OK, this is how America sees me. America doesn't see me like little David and Grace Lake. America sees me as George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Tamir Rice. Um, and that can be a struggle in and of itself. Um, but all of that is compounded into the fact that this keeps happening. And I know it's a super layered issue. It's like peeling back an onion. You know, you you almost feel like you'll never get to the middle of it, but I'm glad with how the reaction has changed for this one. I wish it would have happened for Trayvon. I mean, he's a young kid, just, you know, walking back from grabbing some Skittles. And I wish it could have happened for Tamir Rice playing with a toy gun in his playground in his neighborhood. And the cops killed him before they even got out of the car. But I will settle for George Floyd being the last one that this happens to. Um, And I say that with almost an asterisk, because there have been some killings that have gone on after George Floyd during these protests. Um, It just becomes a lot. And you get to the point where at least as a black man, I'm speaking for myself, not for Avery, but I'm, I'm just literally emotionally drained. It's, it's not something where I feel like I can just get off of work and turn on Netflix and zone out or play some video games and just zone out. I literally just don't even have the emotional energy to do that. And I don't know uh, any other way to explain it because I've never felt emotionally exhausted. Um, I also don't work in a profession that, you know, will... Put me in that situation. I'm sure people do know that feeling, but because it's so new to me, I kind of, I kind of just feel empty. Um, I know that was a mouthful, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm coming from right
0: Definitely now. Definitely so, man. You have every right to feel that way and to, you know, express your feelings. So Thanks. we applaud you for, you know, letting it all out, man. Thanks. David, what about you, brother?
2: Yeah, David, very well said. You know, they feel like the past couple of minutes of you talking is exactly why we wanted you to be a part of this podcast to get that point of view. Um, um, for me, I want to start off by just, you know, giving a shout out to all my friends, colleagues, you know, um, um, non-black people that's reached out to me um, um, during these times just to check on me, just to, you know, see how I'm doing, see how my family's doing, uh, um, you know, give, give me a call to tell, tell me that they love me um, and I'm, they're there for me. Throughout this, it really means a lot. Um, I even had like the um, head of our department uh, in my company just gave me a call, just like, "Hey, dude, just let you know we love you. You know, if you need anything, let you know, give me a call. We got you." Which uh, uh, was really powerful. and Really uh, meant a lot to me. So, just want to give them a quick shout out. Um, with everything that's going on, it's 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 a tough it's a tough pill to swallow. It almost feels like every three, four, five, six months. We're back at the same issue in the sense of like another black guy died okay well what are we going to do what are we going to do how are we going to handle this how are we going to protest how are things going to change and and for me it feels like it's just been like well boiling up and now like the the cup of water is is full and after george floyd's death um that cup is overflowing and that's why that's why i see america protesting, rioting, you know, um they they don't know how to grieve, they don't know how to feel. It's just like all this emotion of like, guys, this needs to stop. Um and it's it's a tough realization for myself because whenever something like this happens, um I look and I'm like, this could this could be me. And I talk to to my wife and and I have a newborn just looking at them. I'm like, you know, if if I was in the wrong place at the wrong time or or what what happens if I was speeding and you know, so a cop asks for me, me to reach my wallet and I do, but they think it's a gun. <laughs> you know, I, I hold myself very, very smartly, if that's even a word, um, uh, when I go out and I go around people. You know, the past couple of days I go out and run outside and I run with my dog and I do that on purpose because I don't want anyone to, to think that I'm running from something you know, I'm running for exercise and that's why my dog's with me. Um, and that's a realization throughout this. Um, when I walk and I'm walking by myself and I see, um, um, you know, if I come across two white people that's on the same side of the street as me, um, I'll purposely make sure my hands aren't in my pocket. You know, I'm not playing with my phone or sometimes I even cross the street just so they don't feel threatened. Um, because I know that, you know, it's a, so we realization that like I know that I'm black and I know that they can be scared, they can overreact, um, um, and, and they can act on that, that can get me in trouble or get me killed, you know, i.e. Amy Cooper, um, when she was talking, you know, calling the cops on the African American male that was attacking her, that was a you know, bird watcher that just told her to put her dog on a leash, you know. I and that's one thing that people don't realize that black people have to actively think about not doing the wrong thing. If I get pulled over, my hands are a 10 and two. You know, again, I'm trying to make it out alive. So it's, it's a very tough conversation to have. And this is, we're at the point where I keep seeing it that, you know, every couple of, couple of, of months someone else dies. And I feel like we're, we're at the point where America's like, this needs to stop. I hope it stops and I hope that change comes out of this. Um, for myself growing up, uh, uh, similar to David, I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood, but it was still diverse. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of my fellow podcasters, actually, you know, Corinne, like I said, he's Indian, Gerardo, Mexican, Fran, Asian. Um, there was representation, um, but there wasn't a lot. Growing up, I always felt like I, I was educated. My parents taught me to, to be educated, to be smart, which made me feel like i wasn't black enough in some uh, some scenarios um you know i wasn't i wasn't the cool gangster uh growing up you know we grew up in the early 2000s late 1990s baggy clothes you know people dancing all the time do rags on and that wasn't me so i always felt like i wasn't black enough um but 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 when i see these deaths i'm like to to those cops or to those white people to whatever. Hey, I'm black enough, you know. I'm black enough to get killed, um, which is a realization that I've had to sit down and think and like, hey, this is this is how the world is, and it's wrong. And it needs to stop. So just the way how everything's going, it's it's a very tough pill to swallow. Um, personally, I I don't know how to react, and I see people protesting, I see people rioting, I see people looting, I see people talking, I see people sharing things on Instagram and and Twitter. And I don't want to be the one to tell someone how they can react, um, how they and how they should react to what's going on. Um, that's like telling someone, "Hey, your mom died, but guess what? You know, you, you can sit there and cry for like two minutes. That's it. <laughs> you know, you can't scream. You can't. You 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 can't throw yourself to a wall. You grieve how you want to grieve." Um, um, I just want to make sure that we keep our eyes focused on what the problem is and that we need a solution for it. Um, Which, 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 which leads me to my last point is that I want people to speak out. Like I said, whether that's going to protests, whether that's posting on Instagram, whether that's donating, however you feel necessary, you need to speak out because being silent to me is being complacent. You sitting there and like not saying anything is basically saying like, Hey, this, the, the status quo is fine those people that are dying it's fine it's not me i don't care um because you may look up you may look up and in one day that maybe it may not be you but it may be your black your 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 black best friend you know it may be the me out of the united nations the the, the tinted thoughts podcast that shows a video of of, of of him being on the floor and you're like that's not avery that that's avery's not like that why are they sitting on his neck avery's a good guy um so, I just want, want want people to speak out however you feel necessary um again, just just make sure your voice is is, is heard um um uh, to end off you know silence is is being complacent,
0: yeah, yeah, that's deep too, man you know, salute to both of you guys for just letting it all out there um so Dan, there's a lot of stuff going on in so- in the social media world right now um do you like what you're seeing overall? Like, it, it's pretty crazy seeing just all the Karens, you know, all the crazy videos, all the looting it, it, it. Sometimes it's just overbearing. Are you liking what you're seeing? You think it's useful? You think it's the, the message and purpose is out there. What's, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I feel
3: like it's, it reminds me a lot of kind of what we were facing with the coronavirus. Uh, you know, it's just like an influx of information uh, and and it's honestly hard to, Understand it all and make, and make sense of it all. But uh, definitely seeing the divisiveness that we've been seeing like the past four years at least with Trump being in office and everyone, uh, I guess, like going across, uh, I guess, choosing a stance and choosing a side, right? Um, and it's always kind of along this like
4: political line, uh, which is really interesting to me. But, all okay. right, what do you guys think of uh, the somewhat Performative acts that we've seen over the past couple of days. You know, you seen like uh, Nancy Pelosi with the with the kente cloth.
0: That was bullshit. Or you,
4: have you seen um, the video of like what's his name, like Aaron Paul and those other celebrities like miming a song. Like I don't know. What do what you guys? I don't, know, about what was, you?
0: I don't know what her thought process there was. She literally was just dressing up like she's on Wakanda, and then she had the like the the African print thing you're talking about, right? yeah yeah that, that, that like a lot, lot of the stuff that i'm seeing almost seems like it's a publicity stunt at the end of the day which is so stupid like i mean
3: that that is that is the dams right there like pandering to the black community it's just as bad as biden being like oh if you don't vote for me then you ain't black like it's 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 so like to me it's just very obvious what they're doing
2: yeah it's it's you know my thoughts what it is. i just feel i want people to you know use actions and not just like say things like, Hey, cause everybody's saying things. All these actors are, are, are preaching and, and, and like I said, you know, people in the house or whoever, Nancy Pelosi, they got their little Wakanda, you know, flags on. It literally looked like they were going to go see black Panther. Uh, I saw it. I personally thought it was a joke. Cause I'm like, Hey, you could, you know, just cause you put that on, doesn't mean that you know what we're going through. It doesn't mean that, you know, you putting that on, things are going to change. So I just want people to, I, I appreciate people, Staying focused, that hey, you know, we're on this Black Lives subject, we're on this police brutality subject. I just I want to see action from these people, and not just not just words coming from a star or 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 someone that has power. You know,
5: what actions can they take? Is it joining the protests, donating money? Like, what types of actions are they are they supposed to be doing, or what's what's correct for for celebrities? I
4: I mean, I, I feel for like this case, like I mean, Nancy Pelosi has a huge influence to do something and then i but for celebrities like in general uh i i mean they obviously all have a platform and they all have you know more action to do things um it's just it's just weird seeing like them do like a like a like a like a pro like an activism type move but like really not touch like move the needle it's just it's very, i saw like like i said it was it was very performative it was just like it was just for the likes kind of i don't know it was yeah, it felt yeah. it felt kind of perverted
2: yeah i mean i feel there's a there's a couple things you could do i've seen like um who's the dude from from star wars john boy uh john boyega john Bo- something like john that boyega. Boyega, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like i've seen him or like chance the rapper they they they've tweeted out like just educational information, just to educate those people, because some people aren't educated on this. I, you know, my, myself, I'm not highly educated on this. I, I've lived it as a, as as an African male, African American male myself, but you know, I've taken this time to learn different things and, and learn um, um, what's happened you know, in these four four hundred years. Um, so I've seen people do that. I've seen you know, bigger celebrities like Michael Jordan, you just wrote a, a, a check for ten years, a hundred hundred million dollars, which is Huge coming from Michael because it's it's Mike, you know it's MJ. He's historically known to he's the guy that said Republicans buy shoes too, which is why he's always been, you know, hands off on things like this. So, um, I, I just I don't know what the right action is for these celebrities or these people. Um, I just. But-
0: is there I is there
2: doing something?
0: Is there like do you guys? Is there anything that they can do? We all watched the Chappelle's uh, doc, the thing that just came out, the skit, right? And even he was saying when Don Lemon, what's that dude on CNN's name? Don Lemon. Don Lemon. Don, Lemon, Don Lemon, yeah. When he was like well, the celebrities, where you're at? Where are you guys? Drake and all them. Blah blah blah. And then Chappelle was like, "Where's ja Rule, Right? Like, it's not the, the streets are talking. So what else can celebrities be doing?
1: Yeah. That's that's, it's just a tough situation all around. I think, um, I I did see what Pelosi and them did. I I did feel like it was kind of like uh, I don't know. It was just empty. It just felt Cringe. empty to me. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely cringeworthy. But also, I'm like my perspective coming from like right now is I feel more listened to than I have in my entire life. And that's just a fact right now. Like, people are wanting to listen to my perspective on this. So I, I don't think it's terrible that the Congressional Black Caucus gave those kente cloths to everyone to put on, because I do still think there's a good side of the fact that the optics are out there. Like yes, it was turned into a meme immediately, but we live in a meme culture, so that's going to happen, as we saw with the PlayStation Five. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just, I feel like we still like like Avery is saying, like it still needs to be out there. It still needs to be something you're seeing every day. It can't be something where like these next two weeks go by and we forget that Brianna Taylor's murderers are still sitting at home kicking it right now. Like it's, it's even though they just passed the Brianna Taylor. Yeah, let's pass a law for how we killed her but let's not arrest the people that killed her that way like that's Close the stupidest mind. thing i've ever heard of but this I, is america right
2: dude I, I had to literally look i'm like where they pass that louisville i'm like oh there's there's no way that that's the city that she was murdered in
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then i let different race i'm like no that's the city she was murdered in and they just passed the law why do oh, you say oh you didn't
0: think that it was in louisville
2: i thought it was like just a random city that was taking action like hey we don't want to see this happen in oh, our city I see, yeah. and i found out it, it it was a city that happened and so i'm like you guys don't care if this happened in your city because it already just did you're just trying to you're trying to well, save save face in front of everyone else so people visit you know visit louisville again and feel safe well, and,
3: that's, but, and that's just one city and that's just one city right so it's like obviously there's however many other cities in this country uh so, yeah, I mean, it's, just a, lo- it's a local, uh, uh, you know, city thing. It's probably not even a state thing. I, I didn't even, like, look that far into it, but.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, I know we're looking at, you know, we're, we're mid to end of June right now. And I in person, I do feel like uh, you're seeing it less from from, from different people on, on Instagram and social media. You know, the first early June to even end of May, I felt like every one of my followers was all the way in.
0: Everybody was tweeting something. But uh, um, so you think it's road. a fad that's kind of just going away now? You think it's going to blow over is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I, definitely.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Avery. But I was no, just going to say, it. much, yeah, much <laughs> like most of black culture, it's, it's hot for a second amongst everyone. And then they kind of, you know, just let it, you know.
0: That's a, that's a sad yeah. thing because it almost felt like it, this was like the final straw, right? Like this, this civil movement that we had went worldwide, one of the biggest ever, right? And it, you, it almost hit the hell like, okay, shit's going to happen.
1: Yeah. So and, I, and I'm not saying things aren't happening. It's just that, I mean, because even if you look at in Minneapolis, how the community, um, I guess the community department decided to disband the police department. And there's yeah, also so. smaller things that have been happening around the country where it shows that the protests are working. Um, like, but I just feel like it's, it's gotta still be out there. Like it's still gotta be like the agenda still has to be pushed. Like I saw some meme earlier this week of like, it it was a SpongeBob clip and the, the character was opening their eyes and it was SpongeBob on the other side there. And it was saying me reminding you that black lives still matter this week. Like, we're trying to like turn it into a meme because we know meme culture is going to pick it up. But like, we're also still saying like, no, this, like the theme of this all still matters right now. Like mm-hmm. we can't just let it disappear. And hopefully like uh, Louisville's police department's probably hoping we'll forget that those murderers are still just kicking it with their families. Or we'll forget that two days ago in Palmdale, Palm California, uh, Robert Fuller was found hung from a tree in the Capitol Hill. Like, and like we need these answers and we can't, we can't get these answers without stuff like, like uh, Pelosi putting on that Kente law, because yeah. then people yes they'll laugh at it, but then they'll be like wait what does that mean, and mm-hmm. then they'll do some research. But like we need we kind of need it to be, kind of sloppily put together. Like we need we need the allies to just be like okay whatever I can do I'll do it because that's going to keep this narrative going, because like yeah. we've seen so many times once it starts getting quiet. People just forget and then months go by and another thing happens and they're like, Oh, that's right. I guess black people do have those issues with the police. I completely forgot. Yeah. And it's like, we can't, we can't let that happen again.
3: Well, that's what we've been seeing for like six years. Right. I mean, we could, we could trace the black lives matter movement back to Ferguson 2014.
1: Right. Yeah.
3: And it's like, and then you saw the cycle or like the waves of, uh, I guess like activism, uh, rising and falling based on, uh, uh, you know, different cases. Right. Yeah. It, it, was, it was, always the same. And then we saw like, a, um, you know, like something we've never seen before, which was, uh, uh, I guess like activism or, or social issues reaching like the main stage of, of movies and shows. So we had like, uh, I guess in the six year period, like more, like more media coverage on these social issues than we ever had probably in the history that, I, that I'm, you know, been paying attention to it. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I just don't know how, how far the needle has moved because now we're here in 2020 and, you know, again, we're, we're watching police brutality, uh, specifically against, like, you know, uh, the black community. So I just don't know. Yeah, I just don't know what it what all this uh, is doing, really. But uh, cynical part of me is just like, man, all this stuff doesn't like I, I just feel like Facebook posts and, and just sharing all that. Like, Yeah theoretically it's probably doing something but then at the same time too you know you watch it happen again and it it seems like yeah it's like tapering off again i don't know
2: and dan from my perspective i feel like it's people are finally opening their eyes you know like we've been saying this since 2014 but now it's not just you know us as tinted thoughts our united nations groups it's you know mixed of black latino indian asian like they're like okay guys we get it i feel like other people that, that don't know Avery that doesn't know that you know myself and David are black that, that might not have a lot of black friends are like Oh, this is actually this is going on and it has been going on Now I actually I, I understand and that's one thing. I feel like this movement and these protests ha- Has done right is that it's put that spotlight on it For not just us as a community and then like minorities as a community um, But not everybody like the whole world Literally the whole world, because we've seen protests in London and Italy overseas uh, um, uh, uniting across uh, this Black Lives Matter movement. I think it's Uh, really
0: I think it's really forcing somebody to you're really seeing, especially via social media, where people stand. Like what side they're on, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially like when I like scroll my timeline, I'm like, "Oh, damn! Like you're for the good cause." People that I would never see, like you know, white people. No yeah. offense. Yeah. Is that offensive if we say white people? I don't know. Like no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so know, like because we know
1: they say worse stuff about us behind. <laughs> <you>. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I've been called <laughs> E-R-A, like you know,
0: everything. I've been, bro, yeah, y- y'all right? Yeah, yeah. So I just don't want to be. I don't want to sound hypocritical, but like. Just seeing them, I'm like, okay, I never would have thought you would have, like, stuck up or, you know, say Black Lives Matter or post all these posts. And then, you know, you see the other side. There's one thing that pisses me off that I'll get to. But, like, you see, like, the other side where they stand, they they hold firm, and it's always, like, the all lives matter, right? And uh, the one thing, and I really want to get hear you guys' thoughts on this, is, like, I'm seeing that people are getting pissed off or upset. And I think Candace Owens was a, one of the big advocate for this, that George – Floyd was like, had a criminal background. Like he wasn't a good human being. And to, it just like the, the fact that he had like a live coverage for his funeral, he was in a golden casket, all these celebrities came and shit like that. And it's like, so you're going to use that background. You're going to use his, 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 criminal history, you know, and just negate the fact that he was a father, his daughter doesn't, doesn't have a dad anymore. No, you know, siblings don't have a brother, all that stuff. You're just going to negate it just because he had a bad history it's it's I don't understand how people can be that far on that side where they just just think that way. No, really
2: that's, go, go for ahead, it, Dave. You sure? Let in. Yeah, and go, ahead, that. go My ahead. thing is, but that's what they do, and the reason they do that is because they try to defer us from what the real problem is. Yeah. You know, it goes. It, it, we can go back to a couple years ago with Kaepernick and the kneeling. We're like, you know, I know Kaepernick's kneeling for police brutality. But, you know what, let's make it about the flag. So they try to twist it to bring our eyes away from the actual problem. And that's what people like Candace uh, um, and those other people that are, oh, he's a criminal. Yes, he is a criminal. But policemen and shouldn't be judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah. They, they should put him on trial. If he gets 25 to life or whatever it is, then let him ride in jail. I just, you, you, you can't give someone that power.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, I hate it, too, because it this isn't new. Like, it isn't new Mm. to uh, me and Avery that whenever these things happen, there's always like, well, let's wait for either the police report to come out, which will definitely be falsified, or let's check his background and put that out there with the headlines. And let's put out the pictures of him that, you know, maybe he's holding a 40 and hanging out on the block with his friends instead of like the perfect graduation picture that Dylan Roof gets put up everywhere when he gets, you know, just gently taken to the jail after stopping by McDonald's after shooting up a church. So, Burger King, brother. It was Burger King. Yeah. So it's just like <laughs> I, I, I'm I, so sick of how that keeps coming up and I don't even want to touch on Candace Owens because I think she's literally like one of the worst human beings in the history of the world. Um, there's always going to be money um, for black people that are willing to go on TV and shit on black people and if you don't have a conscience about that, then I don't need to hear you anymore. So... It's, it's, it's on brand for her to say what she said, but also it doesn't matter. It literally does not matter. He did not deserve to get a knee in the back of his neck on the pavement for eight minutes and 46 seconds because of his two priors that he had maybe six years ago. That doesn't add up. So whenever they bring that up, it's like, are you really focused on what really happened here or are you just still trying to disparage Black people? Cause that's really what they're doing. It's still, it's just races. That's all. finding
4: another way. They're finding another way to do it. I think. I think the tactic with that, uh, what she's trying to do, is really just trying to dehumanize uh, George Floyd and other victims of uh, police brutality, and saying like, see, they're trying to show the world and like c- trying to peddle out a narrative that you know they're not like us. They broke the rules. You know, we're like hate people who are watching the news. We're all good people. We follow the rules. These guys didn't. And they're just trying to, like, t- strip away, like, pieces of humanity from, like, people who deserve humanity. And it's
1: yeah,
4: it's just a, it's a, it's a dirty tactic. And you see it, is, it all the but, time. You
1: know, yeah, it, exactly. It's not new to the black community that we've been yeah. dehumanized by the media. Like, there's reasons that, like, thug is such a trigger word for people. There's reasons that, like, um, images of black people in hoods. Like Trayvon just walking through the neighborhood are so like scary for white people because the media pushes this narrative of like Mm -hmm. black people being animalistic. And it's not it's not accurate. Like there's a reason why Mm -hmm. like monkey is a bad term for a white person to say to a black person. Like they've always thought of us as animals and other like they've never considered us. As human beings, so whenever they uh, have one of these like interviews after these murders that happen in the streets, either by the hands of police or what what happened in Palmdale, which looks like it's just the local KKK got together and, and put my man up in a tree. Um, yeah. But it, the the root of the issue is that the the racism is 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 conveniently um, disguised with um, the either medical terms or the coroner report or um the past police record of these people when the at the end of the day they're just people they're humans and that's all we're fighting for at the end of the day and this entire thing is like just treat us as human beings like that's it yeah quick story real quick for you guys um it was funny you said that so
2: i was out running a couple days ago had my headphones in bluetooth headphones so you can't see a wire had like a you know a baggy basketball shirt on and shorts just running by myself i usually run with my dog but i was running by myself and then um I saw all these cops just kind of just patrolling around. And I got back home and I told my wife, I'm like, honestly, that was, nothing happened. I I got back home safe. Everything was good. But I told my wife, I'm like, that was one of the the, the scariest runs I've ever been on for a couple of reasons. I'm like, I saw these cops patrolling. I had my Bluetooth headphones in. If they were trying to stop me, I don't know if they would have realized that I'm listening to headphones, you know? So I'm like, that was one thing that went through my head. Second thing, I'm like, I... I had my phone in my pocket. If there's a song that I don't like, I'm pulling it out. And I'm like, am I, should I be like, should I be doing that? Should I like, I'm, I'm scared. Am I, am I making too, too fast movements? And then, and then I'm like, okay, let's say if I do get arrested or if I get shot, you know, in the past growing up, I've had a couple drinking tickets through college for under, underage drinking. I'm like, are they going to try to spin that? <laughs> you know, he was at, uh, he was running from the, the, the liquor store that was down the street. I did. That's all real stuff that literally really happened to me going through real time when I was running, I'm like, is this how my life's going to be spun if something happened?
1: And that's not right. And well, like, let me just point out what's interesting to me about what you just said is we, you and I probably both used to go around, you know, doing those runs or like walking around our neighborhoods that we grew up in. And we would always have to overanalyze everything, you know, like there's always got to be like, I have to have plan A, B, and C in my head and this is just theoretical because I'm thinking about what could happen to me. you you literally were in that moment and you were already thinking, okay, so after I die, how are they going to put me on the media? Like yeah. that's the point we're at right now. It's not even like, Oh, what if I die? It's okay. After I die, what picture are they putting on TV? And that's yeah. just, that's how sad it is right now. Cause even for me, I'm walking around um, just Logan square in Chicago the, the other day during my lunch break and I'm just reading my Kindle and walking And I'm just looking around and I'm just like, I'm seeing people look at me and obviously like I'm a six foot five black man. I'm going to get those stairs to begin with, but it it just seemed a little different, right? So I, I didn't feel comfortable taking my full walk and I got home and I just felt like stupid. I'm like, why did I come home? Like, why, why did I let that have like its power over me when literally there was no threat, but just the existence of my body in public right now just seems like even more of a. I don't know, like hyper trigger, like signal for people, I guess. So like, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like going through all these scenarios in my head and more than I normally would. And it's just literally because I think I'm becoming more aware of the people that I thought were like, cool. You know, like I'm, I'm seeing those people more as like, Oh, so you really haven't said nothing these past three weeks you're you're probably just a racist and i'm thinking back to the times where i'd be like you know in high school around some friends or around their families and stuff and i and i'd go home and i'm driving in the car and i'm thinking was that did they mean to sound racist there and now i'm thinking back to those times and i'm like oh absolutely yep they were just they're racist so like i'm i'm just i'm becoming more aware of the prevalence of the racism instead of just like taking it as like oh this is just the um, the rite of passage for being a black man in America, you have to overanalyze things. No, now I'm seeing it as, like, racists are kind of everywhere.
0: That, you know? su- that's, that sucks from hearing from you guys, too, because you guys are homies, right? And, like, from yeah. hearing, like you guys are our black friends, so hearing it from you guys, like, man, I, I, like, the only thing, I like, I feel bad. Like, I want to apologize, you know, that the world is at this point. Because you hear you hear all these stories, and I for the people that don't have black friends, right. They wouldn't understand. And if you're not black, obviously you don't understand at all. And like hearing from you guys, it's just crazy to think that way. Cause again, like I'm Brown, I'm Indian, I'm a minority. I get my fair share of racism and, and towards me, you know, like I work at Dunkin Donuts and shit like that, but I don't ever think that I'm running and like a cop is going to fucking Goldberg stare me. Like what Avery was saying out of nowhere, and then, you know, because I didn't listen. I, I still don't feel like the system is against me. And I, and I don't ever feel like I'm in public thinking that way. You know, it just sucks, man. At, at the end of the day, it, it just sucks that it, it's to that point right now. Wouldn't you guys say, though, that, uh, you know, like
3: racism exists in in like everyone's mind in, in, in some capacity? Because even the concept of race itself is a social construct, right? Can I, can
0: I one-up you on that, Dan? Yeah. I mean, so I got a question go for you. I'm going to ask you this question. All right, I'll ask everybody. If you get 10 babies, okay, all of different color, and you put them on an island, okay, and that's where they grow up, and let's just say there's a caregiver on this island. The, the, the caregiver has absolutely zero influence on these 10 babies. The caregiver's uh, sole responsibility is just to make sure they grow up and they're healthy and they survive, okay, just for this hypothetical. It, it could be a ghost if it needs to be. Okay, so like an alien.
4: An so alien, just, yeah. yeah.
0: just say it's an alien. It's okay. an alien. <laughs> the caregiver's an alien. Would these 10 babies grow up to be racist, do you think? Do you think these 10 babies would find out they're different colors and when they grow up to be you know, older and adults that they would eventually hate each other because of their skin colors? Island with no access to media. No access to media, just straight on island. I mean,
4: I think there, there are studies shown that like uh, kids pick up on implicit biases through toys and media. Uh, as soon as they're two years old, so I don't think they would be because, I mean, that's something I've tried to now, like, even with my niece, just uh, get her, like, different types of toys, not just, you know, I don't want to give her just, like, white baby dolls. I want to, like, mix it up and, like, just trying to, like, enforce that, like, hey, you can have different types of toys and be with and, like, try to enforce that in her while she's growing up. Do you so think I that? so do I do I so back to your uh, hypothetical, do I think so? Um, if I, am just gonna say no. If they all grew up equally and there's the alien caregiver with no, no emotion going in, yeah, I don't think they would be racist.
0: Like you don't you don't think like one part one person would eventually grow up and be like, oh, this is my part of the island. You can't come to this section because you're red, yellow, green, orange, brown, black kind of a thing. You don't think that? No, I, I don't. Um,
4: uh, I, I I think hmm, I, I think that would happen
5: for other reasons, <laughs> other than race. Uh, racism is taught, and then you you learn it at, at an early age, right? So yeah, it all comes from is. how how your household interacts with other races, how they treat other people, and then you as a child you pick that up too, you know.
0: Yeah, I agree
2: on that. Correct. Yeah, I completely. I I don't think they would uh, grow up racist or like e- even like. I think they would realized that that person's different to me, than me, but I think that they would grow up and be like, yeah, they're different, but I still love them. Um, you know, for the, for the listeners out there, my, my, my wife is white. So all, everyone on, on her side is white. So I have these nephews um, who are five and three and they were, uh, my wife was telling me a story that um, going through all of this, they were talking about like, you know, different, people that they see that they'll, they'll interact with through kindergarten and preschool and in grade school. And, um, so they were just talking and I was brought up, um, um, being a, a black male. And one thing that was very powerful to me is there, my sister-in-law said, yes, uncle Abe, who they, that's what they call me. Like uncle Abe is, yes, his skin is different, but we still love him. And that meant a lot to me because it was like, it, it, Put that back in my head that racism is taught. That this kid he he still loves me he, even though I'm even though I'm black. Like he does, I don't even think that that connection in his head. That, you know, Uncle no. okay, Abe just had maybe has a tan, and that was that was something that was really powerful to me. That I was like, yeah, dude, this is racism is taught. Like mm-hmm. kids grow up and they just love everything. You know, we've seen videos of two toddlers, you know, one white one black running at each other in the street because that's his friend. Yeah. Um, so I, I truly do think it's taught and not something that you know they they're they're born with. Right. Um, well, and it's it's
3: it's tough. But then it's also propelled, right? And this is what we talk about in media, where we, we kind of have these uh, different media outlets uh, pushing agendas, pushing narratives, quote unquote, right? And um, it's kind of like come back to like the Candace Owens thing. I think it's I think it's interesting because it's always uh, you know you're either on this side or on on that side. And uh, I actually watched. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, remember. It was like two years ago. It was like this uh, revolt uh, TV. I think Pete Diddy put together like a, uh, um, it was almost like a small council of like celebrity, uh, uh people in the black community, but it was like killer Mike, T I, Cannon Sowens, um, three other people. And they were just like talking about issues in the black community. Um, and you know, for, for what it was like, I mean, there's obviously a lot of interruptions throughout the thing, but, um, I, I think it was really interesting because I mean, killer Mike was the one guy who was always like, uh, Almost riding the fence in a way where he was like, people almost weren't letting Candace Owens, for example, talk, but she was making some points that I think people could consider, right? Um, but you know, coming back to what she was saying, like about uh, this recent George Floyd stuff, it's you know, it's it's like a certain amount of tone deafness in this time right now, and she's she's literally just like taking. Like the narrative that is being propelled right now where it's like oh George Floyd's a martyr and she's like okay but what's a counter narrative right so it's like always it's always in juxtaposition of what I'm trying to say like we can't we can't it seems it seems to me that people have a hard time objectively looking at facts and being like okay this is what's being said this is maybe what is being fueled by media but these this is an objective truth of the matter um, and and I think I think ultimately, uh, that is, that's kind of like why our country is so divided. Cause I think a lot of, uh, you know, I could be wrong in this, but I, I do feel a lot of people, uh, have trouble like discerning, um, I guess like their own like thoughts based on just facts. Cause it's hard to get just the facts. You know what I mean?
5: Yeah. How do you separate um, that with like, you know, you talked about social media and how there's an influx of social media in our era. Dan, how do you personally like filter out what's just, uh, bogus and what's fake and what's not true because I see so much being circulated where I know some of these things I just know is explicitly not right and it just keeps getting circulated and circulated but how do you filter all that kind of garbage out
3: uh, yeah I don't know if there's a good way I think it's just about if there's a topic you just have to like get as many perspectives on the topic as possible and in the, the way that that we're shaped right now and thinking is that there's only two perspectives it's either the right perspective or the left perspective, right? And then, and then you deem on what's right or wrong on an ethical, and moral standpoint, based on I guess who you affiliate or who you subscribe to. It's kind of like doctrine. I think it's I think it's a little dangerous, right? Because like I actually force myself to like listen to the other side, uh, and I'm way more left leaning than I am like on the right side, admittedly. But like I'll force myself to like listen to some, uh, you know, people on the right side just to get that perspective, right? Because it's if you if you extract like the the bullshit, which I guess you know we're talking about how do you do that? I think it's just about having like more uh, wherewithal of the subjects, right? Just as as many perspectives as you possibly can, so you can like decide for yourself, like okay, this is what they're really trying to say, but they're doing it they're doing it in this way because they're trying to do this, they're trying to do that. But just distilling it to like it's like most kernel um, idea, then you're able to kind of. Uh, glean like what you need Right and and make up your own uh, I guess you know decision on It or opinion on yeah. it yeah
2: and I, I I Do the same thing too where you Know I yeah I I, I lean Left and I watch CNN but You know I, I check out Fox News their point of view on things Because sometimes You know a media outlet they want you To feel the way they want you to feel <laughs> um, I feel like That was confusing to say but you know I've seen several times that we we watch a video from one news outlet and it's half of the clip, and then you cut on the other channel, their opposing channel, and then it's the second half of the clip, and then you put it all together. It's like, oh, okay, now everything makes sense. But they're yeah. they're 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 cutting it so you feel a certain way about a certain piece of a certain person, and you want you, you they want you to have their outcome to it. But um, we saw that a lot
3: too with this, uh, I guess, the protest because you saw you saw, like, the clips, right, of, of like, the uh, protests, and it was either, you know, something looking really bad that the police were doing or something really looking really bad that the protesters were doing. But then you got, like, alternate angles. You're just like, okay, so this is, like, the full story. But some of the clips were edited where if you just watch that one clip, you're just like, holy shit, that's, like, really fucked up. And then there were some clips that you didn't even need another angle. Like, the guy, the older man, the 74-year-old, who got pushed over and he cracked his head and he was bleeding out his ear. Like, you didn't need another angle of that. That was, like... All there in one clip, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I do think it's interesting that like social media does create this kind of like uh, a storm of of uh, misinformation,
0: right? But That was my yeah. point too, where like you see the two the people's true sides via social media, and what pisses me off the most is when people are like, they post their opinion, they're like, you you whatever you comment cannot change my mind, or if you disagree with me, unfriend me, or you're you know? with me or
5: against me kind of model, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly, because it's it's again coming to these sides, right? So if you're not on my side, then that right. means against my side. When it's like. I don't. I think that's dangerous to think like that because essentially what you're you're doing with that, especially when you say, "Oh, unfriend me," is you're practicing intolerance, right? Like, and you maybe could have the patience, even though it's not anyone's job to to sit there and like be like, "Hey, let me engage this person in in a dialogue and maybe have them see how things how I see it, so they can maybe educate themselves or they can maybe see something, uh, uh you know, something differently, so they could ultimately. Maybe it, maybe it'll change like how they think, but uh, but yeah. But by just like saying unfriend me and I don't want anything to do with you, I mean that's that's putting yourself really into like an echo chamber of sorts with social media. Where yeah,
4: you know, but when you cross into that, to- yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, when you cross into that territory, territory. So, um, but when someone I don't know when someone says that they're like against something. So what does that say to like Avery or Dave? um if someone is like literally against the black lives Matter movement and they're i mean like like what is that message saying like if you don't agree with me like unfriend me like and that type of that type of messaging so like we have avery and dave like you know they're literally fearing for their lives every day and they have somebody on facebook like on their other side just like not willing to listen to them or like But what is that? That
3: would be like, that would be like what? All lives matter, blue lives matter, right? I mean,
4: yeah, if you want to, or if they, yeah, if they're something like that, going along the lines of what Corinne said, of like, let's just say people on the other side of like, like we're all left-leaning or something like that. So like what, I'm I'm just asking these, this Avery and David though, like what message are you getting from that? Like that somebody just, you find out somebody really doesn't mess with you like that. Like, are you just like,
0: I mean, racist.
4: yeah. That I mean, that's that's perfectly okay to like. I, in my opinion, I think that's perfectly okay to just delete them. Like, if I was in, yeah. I'm not going to pretend to be Dave or Avery. But if I was in my position, like, like you're literally dismissing like threats upon my life or threats upon like people that look like me's life, and I can't, I can't get with that messaging. But I do understand, like, um, like where like discord comes from, and and I think that's kind of like the jobs of like. The allies in that point, like I don't think it's uh, Black Americans' responsibility to be like they can delete whoever they want. But if like you want to keep the discord going, keep going like that. I think though that's on the responsibility of like like people on the side of the Black Americans, not necessarily them, but like like our responsibility or our other White Americans' responsibility.
1: Yeah, that's actually a great point that you made there because I've been feeling that the past couple weeks where. I feel like a lot of white Americans, and I understand, you know, um, when it comes to this discussion, white Americans should be listening more than talking, but don't come to black people to ask them how to stop being racist. Like, don't, that just doesn't yeah add up to me. It's like, oh, uh, a prison warden is giving a survey to all the prisoners on how their conditions are, are in the prison. But at the same time, the prison warden has the power to change everything. So the prison warden needs to look within himself to educate himself on how to improve these things. And I also feel like what you were saying, Dan, it's a little bit it's tricky for me to really vibe with people that are saying we can't alienate these people. It has to be, you know, a collective effort coming from a black man. I'm not I don't have the energy to hold hands and sing Kumbaya with people to try to get them to recognize my humanity. And I don't think this is a red versus blue issue. It's literally racists and people that are on the side of social justice and equality. And I feel like we we keep getting put into this narrative by the media of oh well you know blue states are doing this right now and and the Democrats did this and Republicans are saying this. Where at the end of the day there are racists in this country on both on both sides of that aisle, you know. And it's not a political issue right now. It's a humanity issue, like. Racism isn't something you vote for, you know, you don't run on racism unless you're Trump and it works. Um, (laughs) But that's not what this is about. It's not. I understand. I completely get what you're saying there where you should stay informed and listen to both sides to really get the full picture of everything. But the full picture of, of everything right now is the knee that was on his neck. I don't need more angles of that. I don't need to see more clips. I don't need to see a survey of who was affected from viewing it. I saw what happened. It's clear what happened. And the fact that this keeps happening, not only with police departments, but Karens in parks and people are literally still being hung from trees in 2020. It's not about red versus blue. It's literally, if you're a racist, we see it now. And for me, if I see that on my feed, I'm glad. I'm glad that there's no blurred lines anymore. I'm glad I know what the deal is. I'm glad I don't have to like, act like I'm pleasant around you in public anymore. If you don't Mm -hmm. care about me, or people that look like me say it or don't say it because that kind of equates to be the same thing right now for me. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. I'm actually thankful for the people that still feel like they have the balls enough to go out there and say, blue lives matter. All lives matter. You can't change my mind. Even though I think we should try to normalize you know, being educated more on an issue, it's okay to change your opinion after you've learned more information on that issue. I think we do need to normalize that but right now as a black man and i mean i'm 29 years old i'm fairly young i haven't lived as a you know as a black man as long as my parents so i i, I don't have the same experiences as my dad but i don't have the energy to try to bring everybody together and show america why this is wrong
0: it's not your right because either i mean it's not it's not, it's not my
1: responsibility yeah. and so. it's it, it shouldn't be something where i feel like i have to answer every white person that says hey how can i help or Um, where should I be donating? I I respond to them because I'm just a kind person, but it's not my responsibility because I can send them a link, but it's up to them to actually click it. You know, well, it's yeah. up to, it's what do what you say to the people person? that
0: actually want to make a change, though? Like, what if they don't know any better and they're like, "Hey, you know, I want to feel what a black person's feeling. I'm like, let me reach out to David. Like, can you help me? Can you guide me? Can well, I make
3: that, a that's That's up to them to be informed and, and to go out yeah. and do research and, and be someone who participates in, in their own education, right? Right. I, I, here's I my I thing: do is do. if
2: you really cared,
1: you would you would learn. You <laughs> know, yeah. just like. What if they want to learn
0: through you that you're black, though? What if they want to no, learn through you? No, yeah,
1: so that's what, that's not what I was saying. I wasn't saying, like, I, I how do I word this? Like, I, I appreciate the people that do reach out to me and, you know, ask how I'm doing or where they can look to donate or how to educate themselves, like documentaries to watch and stuff like that. I do appreciate that. But I'm saying I'm not the person that I, it's not up to me to judge what they do with that information. Cause I can give them a paragraph of like a long thing of how I'm feeling and where they should be looking to donate, but it's up to them to want to do that. So I'll, I'll still respond to my friends that are reaching out. But like I said, like it's, it's, especially with racism is learned. If it's in your heart, you have to look inward at some point. So they could send me those texts and maybe they're just, that's their way of trying to check on me just to be like, Hey, where can I donate? I feel like I've been oblivious to this cause. I just want to help out. But they they need to take the initiative initiative after that conversation. That's so not it's, it's,
0: it's not your responsibility to, to handhold everybody. Exactly. It's, it's and it's not right. up to me to determine
1: right, what's in their heart when they do reach out for that.
0: Yeah.
5: Do, you, do you guys think that uh, once a racist, always a racist? Or do you think that they can get educated and change and become better people?
1: Yeah, I think it just goes back to what you're willing to do, the work that you're willing to do by yourself. You know, um, I do believe that you can unlearn whatever you need to unlearn. Like you could be addicted to cigarettes for 40 years, and one day, if you want to stop smoking cigarettes, you could probably eventually get there. So I'm not, I'm not in the camp at all of saying once a racist, always a racist. Because I, I first of all, I know that there's always room for improvement no matter what you're doing. You know, like a lot of us follow athletes. They're always getting better. Kobe was always getting better. He was like maniacal, maniacal about trying to get better at whatever he was doing on the court. And he was already Kobe Bryant, you know. Mm -hmm. So like if he still thinks there's room for improvement in basketball, why would I think that there's no room for improvement for somebody who's screaming all lives matter right now? In, in four or five months, there's no room for improvement for them to actually get more educated on why that's such a harmful thing to say. Like it, it, it also it just doesn't I don't think it really speaks to the the way that we like to broadcast ourselves as Americans as like we're in this country of free people who have the freedom to have their opinions and have the freedom to um, basically learn and understand things in, the, in a way that not many countries get. Um, so I feel like with the, the wealth of knowledge we have at our fingertips, it's, it's, it'd be dumb almost just to say like, Oh, since you're a racist now, I don't care if you change your heart. I'm always going to think of you as a racist. Cause I think that there's always a way to improve. So um, what do you,
0: what do you feel about like the NFL making a stance now? And I actually, I've had multiple conversations with multiple <laughs> people about this. Do you like, so to your, so that exact point you just said, David, like with Roger Goodell stepping up now. Yeah. Do you actually think he is making the right choice? Like he's Bro. Right so,
1: Well, this is what I'll say. This is what I'll say about that. Um, first off, it was very evident to me uh, when they didn't specifically name him in that little apology that they they didn't really mean it. They mm-hmm. said that they, they, they had basically wronged players in the past, and we know exactly who that player is. Why don't you say his name? Because yeah. uh, you're scared. Um, but, no, I think... The NFL is tricky because I think Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the league, wants Colin Kaepernick in the league.
2: Mm-hmm. The people
1: that have the power to keep, to get him in the league are the owners, and they're the people that don't want him in the league. So Roger Goodell kind of bosses, is, yes, and Roger, yeah, that, those are his bosses. So he's in a very hard place, and he always has to be the punching bag in public. But I'm I I just I thought there. Their way of doing it, like, would their little apology from Rodgers, whatever, uh, Man Cave, have come about if the players, mostly the young, good the players videos. that are, like, on the rise right now didn't put out that video? Because I don't think that they put out that apology if the players don't do that. I Dave, I completely agree with you. I think that it was a – they put out that
2: – the the young players put out that video, and you saw Shaquan Barkley. Um, Shaquan. You saw – what did I say?
0: Saquon. You said Saquon. Sha- 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 oh, my bad. My bad. You don't know shit about football, so I'll get... I don't know nothing about football, bro. I'm you
2: bad. You said we But we saw him, and I think the real kicker that was like – the Goodell was like, we got to do something, is when he saw Patty Mahomes. Um, I think that's when he was like, dude, that's – a... he just won the Super Bowl. Face of the league. And, and he's a face league, the... and he's half black. You know, he can unite everybody. He a half black dude in Kansas City. Like, it, it's just like, dude, we have to say something now. And I don't, I do not think if that video would have went out, uh, Commissioner Gordon would have made it, him, himself good. I think he would have put out. <laughs> out- <Good laughs> <laughs> I
0: do
4: goes- Commissioner Gordon's a
2: Batman. <laughs> what is wrong with me today? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. Yeah. you you know, as a Blackbird, you're probably all pissed off at everything, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going
1: in right now. My, my but Even now,
0: up. they like, they did the June. The Juneteenth is that yeah. shit, on my words yeah. right yeah so like they, they they said that's gonna be a pay, uh, a holiday now even Nike just said that too by the way it's a paid holiday yeah. okay, so, but, but think about the motivation for the NFL to come out and make the statement right like it's
3: it's it's so obvious to me uh, that I mean, because you see it all over with different brands like it is it actually hurts business at this point in time to not take a stance right yeah, yeah. and so and so it's really just about the money like whether whether these owners actually want to bring Colin Kaepernick back and whether they actually believe in the Black Black Lives Matter movement, there's there's they're strictly motivated by
2: the green in my opinion. Yeah. Because
3: they I, they, I, they would probably hurt as a business right now by not endorsing
2: the movement. Well I see I, in two thousand seventeen
3: it, it was the opposite. Sorry, that's what your favorite. And but I also think it was straight up just like written by uh, uh, Jay Z's PR person. Like it's just like I don't know. The NFL's they hired Jay Z for it. Exactly. You know
4: what I mean? It's
3: it's just like it's a money move. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I
4: want to get into. Let's get into that. Um, We will. But Avery, what were we going to say, real quick? No, I was saying in 2017, it
2: it wasn't cool to say Black Lives Matter in the sense of like the whole world wasn't saying it. So I saw um, owners of leagues were like, "Hey, if we support this movement." Fans won't come. We're gonna lose season ticket holders. But that's money out of our pocket. Yeah, and I mean now even that's ten
3: years, even ten years ago, it was like most corporations would not touch anything political, remotely political, uh, with the ten foot pole. Because it was yeah. just like we don't want to alienate part of our demographic, right? Yeah. It's part of the target our target customer base.
2: Yeah, and now I think I think the owners are like, Hey, if we don't say this now, then we're going to lose our season ticket holders. We're going to lose fans. So I think it was a saving grace of like, all right, if we don't say this, 60% of the people aren't going to come to games anymore. And I think that was them trying to save it. I don't, knowing the NFL and and knowing how they are, I would be shocked if things actually change. I'd be shocked if Kaepernick actually got a real workout and actually got in. I think that they they don't want to touch him with a 10-foot pole. Um, but I think to see actual real change, you have to, you have to put Kaepernick back. But well, That's the,
0: my two cents. That's the thing that the real change is you got to say Kaepernick's name. Like what David was saying, David, they, they mentioned him out, The right? very
1: least they could do in that. They don't have to sign apologize. him Say his name. Act, acknowledge that he exists.
0: Right. They yeah. said, we were sorry. Okay. Say, we were sorry. Kaepernick was right. We were wrong. I said, they, they right. said, we were wrong. He was right. Say that. Then I know it's real. You know what I mean? Like it's. They can't there.
2: say that either, though, you know, it's like because of lawsuits know. and. and Well, he, and did do a, he did
0: do a settlement on the side, I guess Kaepernick did, where like, you know, because yeah. they kept him out of the league. So he did set. I guess people got mad at Kaepernick because he, he accepted that. But what would you mm-hmm. guys say, like, to people that would counter argue, like, what if the NFL is trying to make changes? Like, what if somebody does want to grow? What if somebody does want to become better and is actually changing? You know, are you go, are you always going to give like, oh, no, it's NFL. You know, I don't believe them. Or are you going to actually kind of believe them and be like, you know what, they do want to make a change and be, be better? I think um, it depends, anyone, right? A, a it, corporation it, or person, anybody?
1: Yeah, I think. Well, it it, it should it should kind of depend on. Uh, I I feel like the NFL's track record um, doesn't really allow for much leeway in like really believing that this is the change like starting to happen, mm-hmm. but. I, I still would say I wouldn't hold out hope on that happening because at the end of the day the stars of the league right now are basically Jaquan all Barclay? young black men. Jake yes. <laughs> Shaquan <Jaquan> Barkley, <laughs> Commissioner Gordon. Um, yeah, but there's 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 just a lot of like young black talent in the league right now. And at some point and like we're starting to see right now, these are the younger players that are saying this. And they're gonna be in the league for another five, seven years at least. Um so if they're already taking this stance now, seeing the example that Kat put um, in front of them, um, they are the ones that really can make this change. It's not, it's not up to Goodell. Um, it's not up to the owners. Um, these guys are still going to be drafted. They're still going to be on these teams. Um, but while they're good and, you know, like, while they're, you know, still in their primes, they can be taking advantage of the platform that they have to really force the owners to say, okay, I have to really come to grips with the fact that the star players on my team are probably always going to be black unless um, it's like a quarterback or maybe like that one white cornerback that always pops up. <laughs> um, but it's it's something where it can't it can't be all put on the shoulders of the league because as we're seeing in kind of everything right now, the people are starting to realize that they have the power when they get together.
0: See, but it goes to that point where it's like I don't know if it's generally in their core that they wanna apologize and say we were wrong, or they just oh they definitely inter-
1: don't. They they're just influence
0: don't. is what it sounds like. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, but all I was saying was I I feel like for for the fluff to kind of really get weeded out in these statements or whatever these apologies these fake apologies are, the players like they did in that video are gonna have to get together and actually do this on their own to force the owners to be like okay like this is really what it is and I have to like really come to grips with the fact that my team is probably 90% black and yeah. if I don't like black people now I either need to sell this team or really start reading up on some James Baldwin you know
0: mm-hmm. I guess the bright side you can look at is at least they're making progress at least they said something because that's a huge step compared to six, yeah, years,
2: I, six years my thing with the NFL I always look at them and it's like prove it just just prove it to me exactly you see know, the caution. Oh, you I, I can t- I can tell you guys that guys I can dunk a basketball, but until I do it, it's like it's just it's just empty words. So that's yeah. that's my one thing to, that I have to say to the NFL. And then I'm I'll, I'll back you. I just need to see something.
3: Right. Well, I, I mean, I, I would say I would say this. I would say I feel like all their decisions have always been fueled by money. And the reason I say this is because I feel like the biggest issue with Kaepernick was not necessarily that he was protesting. It was more that he was. Enraging uh, a certain base, uh, you know, people who watch, who fans of NFL, that then they were like, "Oh, we can't have this. This is like a bad PR thing for us, right?" And every company, in uh, the way corporations operate, they're, they're very concerned about their public relations because that's ultimately going to hurt sales, right? Um, I mean, you even saw with like obviously like after Kaepernick uh, got let go from NFL, no one was signing him, and then he signed with Nike, right? People were like. Burning Nike socks and shoes and shit like that as a protest, you know what I mean? Right. Um and so and so ultimately, like I think the NFL was always trying to uh consider like, okay, uh this is like problematic because like we don't know which side to choose and maybe it's just safer to to just like pretend like he doesn't exist, right? Uh until now. Until so, like they they literally are forced into a corner, like, oh no, shit,
4: we have to make a statement. Just like every other corporation. That just happened like, with Starbucks every, too. too. Let me expand this question out. So, as consumers, so everybody here, are you like would would you want like companies that you support to put out a message that you care? Does does that matter to you? It's fucking I, I feel like half the time it's bullshit
3: personally. Like, do I think corporate uh you know, whatever, Starbucks or whoever, like when they release or Amazon when they put out a message, do they do they genuinely mean it? I mean, Maybe, but they're, I feel like they're more so just aligning it, uh, you know, to, 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 to bolster their image, right, in, in the PR space. And the reason I say that is because, like, you look at Pride Month, right? Look at Pride Month and how safe of a bet that is. Like like I said, 10 years ago, no one even touched that with 10-foot pole. Now that's like, that was, like, the safe thing. You saw it, like, three years ago. People were always – Pride Month would come around, right? And, and they would start posting, like, the rainbow flags and all that stuff. And, uh, and it wasn't as controversial anymore, right? And that's kind of what we're seeing now. Even though it's still heavily controversial, it's, it's like – but it's actually more uh, beneficial, I think, on a business side, on a, on a revenue side to actually uh, take a stance.
4: What but, if it's a- as, but as you, as a consumer, do you care? Like, so if – let's just say – I don't know. What do you – let's just say you like Walmart. And Walmart didn't say anything. Would you still rock with Walmart? Or like what why walmart there's there's a- <laughs> I don't know it's the first thing that popped in my head i want that I sponsorship like walmart, money.
3: Well, walmart's a great example cuz like they do a ton of shady shit right Yeah. Like, yeah. If, I, if i wanted to like if i wanted to uh, i guess boycott walmart i would literally have a a, a whole document like a 10 pages document of
4: shit oh. that would do hey, that right, let's is, let's let's not use walmart let's use uh
1: <laughs> okay, no, no, no. Okay, stop. Okay, let's
4: use something. Let's use something else. Let's use another to, business. Any corporation. Let's use El L- L- Patron. Let's use El Patron. Let's, let's use a small business. Let's I'm sure. I'm sure any business, any big
3: corporate business, you can point to, and you can find some dirt on how that company operates. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Super unethical, and how yeah. they, uh, you know, how they're able to, uh, uh, you know, make the profits that they do, right? Yeah, so I mean, so but is, would this be the reason why I don't shop somewhere? I mean, maybe. I, I mean, depending on like who the company is. Like, I always try to vote with my wallet as much as I can. I think everyone should. But like, man, if you want to get, I guess, on like the ethical course for a second and be like, oh well, you know what? Uh, Walmart didn't put out the uh, Black Lives Matter like banner on their website saying they're in support. Like, I can't shop here anymore. Like, I, you know, I don't know. Like, it's it's. Like, is this the issue? I guess it's, like,
4: the, the sword that that, that, uh, that I die on. I mean, I yeah, know. I'm, yeah, you don't, but personally, you don't, like, right now, you don't know? Like I just want to, just as a consumer. It's, like it's, I think
3: it's extremely hard to shop ethically, like, with that in mind. It's like, yeah, I agree. At, the, at that point, it's like, you can't buy, like, 80% of what's on the market. If you're trying to approach, uh, you know, your wallet and where you spend money, on an ethical standpoint, right? I mean, there's ethical businesses out there, don't get me wrong, but, like, they're
0: very far in between. Friend, I guess to answer your question, in my in my viewpoint, I guess if like if for if I really liked a clothing company and they didn't stand up, would I stop shopping there? No. But when I would stop stop shopping there is if they say anything that remotely goes against this movement. And I think the most recent example we were just about to talk about was Starbucks. How they're saying within their policy they can't do any of that kind of shit or whatever, and they wouldn't take a stand. You know, if I was an avid coffee drinker, then I'd be like, well, fuck that. You know, you guys have the opportunity or you guys are choosing not to do it, even though when you can.
4: Okay, so I want to kind of go back to clothing. You said it's like a smaller clothing company. And yeah. you didn't say anything. All right, right. Let's just say, um, what would you say? Like, what kind of... Like, like you dress... Athletic like, gear. Athletic gear. Athletic gear. Athletic gear. Like, let's just say... Do you want to say... Do we want to say Nike? Nike again, bar, barring all the... Not talking about other issues, Dan. Not talking about other issues. He just too, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I got. I got. <laughs> to yes. Go yes to we go can go get like, into slave. Like, we can get into slave labor. We can get yeah. into sweatshops. We can get into that all day. But let's yeah, just say. Yeah. But but, but let's but, let's not. But l- like like is that okay?
3: Well, but but here's the thing. Like even when we have a company, for example, that's co-opting uh, uh, social movements and profiting off of it they're, like, turning around and doing the opposite things, right? And the, the example that I bring up is the, the whole, like, female forward or female athlete uh, campaign that they did, like, two years, the past two years, U.S. Uh, women's soccer team especially. And then they then they they're and then they were, like, letting go female athletes uh, based on them going on maternity leave because they couldn't compete. Like, yeah. you want to talk about something that's, like, very anti-progressive to the women's rights movement? Like, that is number one. Right. But yet they are literally profiting off like that messaging, that PR stance. So I, I don't know. I so to get back to what we were talking about, it's just like I mean, I think nike is a perfect example of someone who I mean, they were the first to to kind of like, um, I guess spearhead this corporation uh push that we're seeing right now. And I, I think it's always maybe ninety five percent of the time it be performative. And that's an opinion that I have on a you know, I'm just pulling out that number just based on what I think, and and but you know, I don't know. Yeah. Can these big corporations actually be genuine about it?
0: I think you're. I think you're not cutting any any slack to companies that actually care. Like for example, Amazon. So do you think it's bullshit when Bezos posts all these pictures of his responses, like all these hate emails that he's getting, and he's responding back saying, you know, don't you don't need to shop here? kind of thing like are you not do you think it's bullshit what he's doing or what he's
3: Bezos. I mean think about it Amazon's not worried about I mean (laughs) that's
0: true Amazon's not
3: worried about alienating anyone okay let's pick any company with their CEO next 20 years it doesn't matter if you don't shop
0: okay pick a different that's a good point pick a different company like smaller company or anything like I think you got to give some kind of slack where may, they do want to make a change, but you know, kind of proceed with caution. But I can't—I don't think it's right to say, "Oh, you know, it's all." So bullshit.
3: then, do it. So then, this is this is what I would suggest to them, right? If, they, if some big CEO ever came to me and was like, "Hey, I want your opinion on this. How should I handle this?" I'd be like, "Well, like, uh, I practice what you preach, right? Like, if you're if you're here uh, uh, for like um, social movements, specifically just like equality, right, in America or even abroad, right." Then, then operate your business in a way that isn't about just strictly profits, right? And and you operate in a way that's like as ethical as you possibly can, right? Rather than just putting a fucking banner on the website and being like,
4: yo, we're with you guys. We're with it. I'm down. Like, fuck that. I don't know. No, I'm just going to say, yeah, I, I get what you're, you're saying, Dan. You're saying you want, you know, you want quantifiable action. Right. And then and and you want you i mean want that's what we have, a, right?
3: we're not satisfied with nfl uh uh you know, did out getting on his, his like little video and being like oh by the way yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: it's like okay so that's it i mean like, no but but like, i think the question you, i'm posing is here like how like how do you feel about performative action i mean because like i'm i'm asking this because like okay to go back on the nike point if i if corinne said Nike didn't say anything I would find that extremely problematic because like they like parrot so much on black culture and they use black bodies in all their advertising and if they didn't say anything I would have a huge problem with it. like mm-hmm. Jordan Kobe LeBron all like like that's what they're built on you Us- uh, not you saying bold but like uh like Carl Lewis uh Michael Johnson we I don't know if they did not, say anything like i think like p- companies who are looking for like the blo- like a black dollar the black americans dollar like and don't say anything i I mean uh, David, david do you think that says like what message do you think that puts out
1: um i think i don't know i it's very tough because like like dan was saying like not a lot of people vote with their wallet. Like you were saying, Dan, like not a lot of people, like if someone's like, all right, well, I need to run the store real quick. I'm gonna cruise by Walmart. Like knowing everything that's going on, you know, behind closed doors at Walmart, like if I need something, I'm going to go get it. So that's where it's tough because I feel like if you do really value where you put your dollars, then yes, that should matter to you. Um, In my case, yeah, I would have been, it would have been very troubling if nike didn't say anything if adidas didn't say anything but adidas has their own issue going on right now like there's some things going on behind closed doors there that we don't need to get into right now but like you were saying Dan I do think it's it's for me it's I don't know if it's nice to see these corporations put up their little paragraphs in the black background with their white font I don't know if I think that's like nice I don't get like warm and fuzzy when I see that because I, I automatically think, to okay, that's great, but what does your boardroom look like? You know, who typed this? Like, yeah. somebody, somebody probably typed it, wasn't the person that probably put the words together. Like, I need to see more actions like that where, like you're saying, quantifiable. Show me a message from your boardroom, and if you need to pick your five uh, black employees in the office that day, put them in the room or something. Like, that's a way to really put a statement out there um and, and David,
0: I, I was actually gonna say like I, it almost seems like we're conditioned to be defensive right now that, i that was actually gonna i was gonna say to bring up that point it's like we're we're conditioned we're like oh no you're not telling the truth but you bring up that great point and it's like okay prove it more yeah show me that show me who's behind closed doors that's actually doing it that's a great exactly
1: point. and that and part of that for me at least is just being you know black like i've been defensive my entire life i've always been like what are your true like what are your true um
0: Actually, morals
1: here what do you what are you really trying to convey like i've always been thinking about that so i, I immediately I would, do whenever these paragraphs are out there i'm like show me your boardroom show me your group of interns for this summer show me like show me the people that actually work in the company and don't just show me something that you think i need to hear so i can t- keep giving you my money
3: well that's that's i feel like it's universal sentiment because i feel like it's it's basically saying like okay so be about it don't just talk about it mm-hmm. right? but it's yeah. it's hard to do like obviously in the guise of marketing or putting uh you know media content out there you know as far as marketing and stuff like that but i think yeah. i think there is ways to do it it's just right now i guess we haven't breached that point just yet
1: yeah
4: yeah what what do you think since we were talking about um companies like and we we're talking about social media are you, do you kind of feel the same way with, you know, somewhat of a social media influencers? Not not even just like if, if someone, you know, like on social media is like, you know, got followers, like, like a meme account or, not a meme account, but like someone that's a, that got famous off social media, are you, do you feel the same way? Do you, do you feel like they have, like, do you want them to say something? or you, I, I, I don't know. I don't even
3: understand, to be honest, like, why we're so concerned about what influencers say. And I, I bring that all the way up to even, like, celebrities. Like, why are we as a society so interested in, in getting our moral compass almost from celebrities, right? Like, why, why are they, like, like, I understand they have a platform. They have, like, a certain amount of, of followers and people that can be sway or influence, right, uh, to, to potentially think about things or think about things the way they do. But uh, we, I, I feel like we definitely put a lot of emphasis and a lot of significance on what a few people say. And this reminds me and kind of brings us into this point of like Blackout Tuesday, because that was an almost perfect example of that, right? Like That was started by um, Atlantic Records, um, two marketing executives there. They're black women. But it was, it was this thing that they had started. And I, you know, the first people posting it was celebrities, right? And then it just took off. It, it probably happened under like twenty-four hours, right? And it does show you the power that I guess media and these influencers or, or celebrity figures kind of have um, on the larger, I guess, populace like us. But but I just like it, it is kind of it worries me a little bit. I'm, I'll be honest, it
0: worries. Are you literally just in your your last state, your last point, right there, is that they do have that influence on us and we or we're on social media every day so isn't that the message that you know if they had that power to do so could it could shouldn't they be doing that isn't it an obligation i mean i i don't think it's necessarily
3: an obligation i think i think people pressure it it's kind of like a, a social pressure or peer yeah. pressure i mean that's even what dave Chappelle was talking about with don lemon he was calling out black celebrities he's like yo where are you like why aren't you saying something you know what i mean it's like well, what if, they're, what if they're like processing it right now, right? They're people too. Just because like they have a, a certain amount of social clout doesn't mean they're necessarily leaders, right? And I, I don't know. I, I, think it's, I think it's something that, that uh, this new age of technology has really heightened. Uh, and, and to come back to the Blackout Tuesday thing, I mean, I have problems with it because it was a voting day. It was a perfect opportunity to translate the hyper focus on the George Floyd protests and the civil unrest that everyone's feeling into uh, executable uh, political mobilization at the voting booths, so we can actually change local policies, state policies, federal policies. Right? And and it and it the message was like just post a black tile. I mean, there's other people, no doubt, posting like, oh, if you're in these states, go vote, yada yada. But it's like. You know, at the very least, it was a it was a missed opportunity. That
0: was that was their scapegoat to could say that they contributed of doing something when they really. It was a lot
3: of people. It. it was a lot of in my opinion, yeah. way of being like, "Oh, this is like my oh, you know,
4: uh, I'm with it, right?" I'm gonna I'm gonna have to disagree with you on the black t- on the blackout Tuesday portion, because like on the Monday before, I started to feel like the conversation started to shift with. Oh my God, the riots! Oh my God, the protests! Why? Like, and then people started getting on the. It's like, oh, like you know, we gotta, you know, police aren't bad. Like, we gotta stop like riots and help the police. And then like, Blackout Tuesday kind of took the conversation back, and nobody really posted anything besides information. And the black, the Black Square, and information, and like information. On that day and like nobody really posted personal content or like anything else it kind of just I think it in my opinion from what I saw on my feet it took the conversation back from where it was being perverted like no it's not about the riots it was about like the peaceful protests so, I mean,
3: yeah there's no doubt it showed solidarity and that was the message right like look how many people are with this cause right but then, what's the next step? Okay, so now we have, you know, I I, I read it interesting. It's more of a theory than anything else, but um, you know, someone was talking about it as if you, because data is like one of the biggest, uh, you know, industries that we have right now. It's kind of the future, right? Uh, and and so if if they can, you know, if there's a certain um, uh, instance in this in this scenario where everyone's like posting the same thing. Right. And they can kind of track that somehow. When they have data as to like, oh, this is kind of the demographic, or at least this person falls within this demographic of sorts, right? And they and they can almost like uh, you know, have access to reach that crowd easier, right? That that could have been a ulterior motivation. I'm not really certain, but but ultimately I will say this about like on Tuesdays, you know, I think I think it stopped short. You know what I mean? I think that's the one thing. It was like cool, we're showing solidarity, we're taking the conversation back, right? But you stop there, right? For most people, because if you, if you went on, and, and and that's besides the point that people brought up where it was um, clogging up the actual uh, hashtag that Black Lives Matter use, right? To spread information. So yeah. information. Um, but, but, if, but if you went on that hashtag or even like the, the one that they suggested, it was mostly Black Tiles.
0: Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it shows solidarity, like you said. At least it shows everybody's looking in the right direction. But everybody questioned it. At the end of the day, everybody's always going to question something, right? I feel like that's what happened with that. So the latest thing that we're seeing now is the NBA, and like we were just talking about the NFL earlier. What do you guys think about what's going on with the NBA and, and their and their standpoint?
1: Um. Yeah, um, I think it's it's very interesting um it, it just feels like first of all like uh, there's so many layers to all of this in like every industry um and on top of it all is COVID right so the NBA had already initially planned to like have this little bubble Disneyland like playoffs this uh summer and then all of this stuff happens and all of the you know protesting and all of the um, policies that are starting to get changed and LeBron's putting together a voting rights group, which is definitely needed as we saw in Georgia took like eight hours for some black people to vote. Um, Cause gerrymandering maps look like scribbles on a refrigerator by a child. Um, that's another huge issue. Um, I'm sure Dan would love to go further into that issue, but I, I think it's what I, I wasn't really thinking about it until Kyrie said what he said yesterday about, um, rushing back into this season is taking you know the the steam out of this movement and normally when Kyrie talks I'm like if I hear a flat earth quote I'm out of here but like he really he really dude yeah he's a real different dude but he made some really good points and I think it's it was interesting how he kind of made it seem like the the bigger stars in the league kind of just made this decision on their own and just assumed oh all these other guys that aren't big stars are just gonna want to come out to this bubble in Disney, you know? So I didn't really think about it that way. I was under the impression that everybody was kind of on board. Um, but now that they're showing that there's some friction here and not everybody's agreeing, um, I, I I just think it's 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 got to be something where we really do reassess the plans that the NBA has right now.
0: So what do you say when LeBron's saying, like, hey, I can play at the same time, but I could still be an advocate for what's well, going that's,
1: on? I think that's LeBron being LeBron. Ron, and he's a great human being. Like, obviously, he'll have the time to figure that out. But some of these players are already thinking, like, to begin with, before all the George Floyd and, and uh, Ahmaud Arbery and Brown and Taylor stuff happened, they're already thinking in their head, I don't want to put myself in this health health risk to go ride the bench for maybe six or seven games as we get kicked out of the playoffs. And so like, it's, it's easy for LeBron to say that I think, but like when you, when you, when you look at the entire team as a whole, you have to take in everybody's opinion at this point, you can't just be like, well, I'm LeBron James and I'm putting together this voting rights group. Why wouldn't you think that I'm going to be involved in this voting rights group? It's like, no, that's not really what we're talking about here. It's like how, How are we? How are we really listening to everybody else that's involved in in getting back to play?
0: I think ultimately Kyrie would win that battle against CP and LeBron, but I don't don't think he'll win the overall stopping NBA. Right? Like, yeah, yeah.
2: I I don't know. It's it's Dave. When you mentioned that, I. I had the same thoughts when they're like, "Okay, we're playing in Disney." I'm like, "Let's go!" <laughs> you know, yeah, Let's go! Cool. I back. want LeBron to, to get
0: another ring. I want the Lakers to win. <laughs> <laughs> that's Lakers. why you're saying that. That's <laughs> <all Right. dudes. laughs> you know, that's all I care. I'm like, Lakers are back.
2: But then, once <laughs> I, I, I actually, right before we started recording this, Lou Williams uh, uh, posted on oh, Twitter yeah. is like, "Hey guys, I want a ball. I want a ball like crazy." But me playing basketball can't possibly take away from uh, uh, people talking about. What's going on now? Because if you could on FS, um, Fox Sports 1, or ESPN, they're talking about the stuff that's going on in the world now, along with basketball. But it's just like, if, if you see LeBron James, they're going to go back to, you know, Shannon's, uh, Shannon uh, Sharp is going to be talking about LeBron. Yeah. Where, when I watched it on Friday, they were talking about um, racism in, in Clemson. They were talking about um, um, NASCAR and racism there and Confederate flags. Yeah. The
1: Shout out Bubba Wallace. Race. Yeah. yeah, shout out, bro. You know, half black. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know I was an Ascar fan until earlier this <laughs> week. I was like, oh, what? Jesus.
2: What? <laughs> I'm like, Bubba and no Confederate flags? And they got what's-his-face out of there? That was like, oh, no yeah, wins yeah. and exactly. a career loser. Yeah, just no, like the
0: uh, Confederacy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: But, yeah, it was just like it was refreshing to see those people's takes, um, those sports analyst takes about um, um, racism and, and things going on in the world and not just hey, are the Lakers going to win the championship? And I think that that's where it's going to go once basketball starts back up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, this has been an awesome conversation, man. Um, it's great to hear you guys all, your viewpoints come from all of us. You know, I just hope at the end of the day or whenever it is, humanity figures this shit out.
2: And I, so I, I, one thing I will want to say, you know, it is it is a tough conversation to have because, you know, some, some people may have, uh, uh, cops in their family, and they're wondering, like, hey, do I support that, should I re- or should I lean on the Black Lives Matter, or, like, firefighters or or, or, or whatever in their family members, you know, it's, it's like David said earlier, it's not about the Black Lives Matter versus Blue Lives Matter, it's not about, you know, um, red states and blue states, it's about racism and uh, people against racism, and that's what the main topic is, and we need to stay focused on that so we can eventually build and become better you know i don't want to to do this podcast in a couple weeks and be like oh, happened again you know i i, I want to go back and, and and talk to you guys in a month or two months or in a year and be like hey these are the steps that have been taken since we first talked about this and i'm proud of that
0: yeah let's have a yeah. big progress
3: I'm i sure. i would i would and this is just like my Like, my one thing that if I was, if there's gonna be one thing that that got taken away, uh, I guess, from like this podcast, that I I would hope is that people make the conscious decision to participate in the way or in in voting and trying to, uh, you know, uh, organize uh, from this point on, right? There's the protesting, which is important, but it has to translate into organizing. And that organization then. Will hopefully lead to people voting in representatives that have their best interests in mind, right? Because as, as much as this conversation is about racism, like um, I guess like verse people like the anti-racism, uh, I I think I think these the systems when we talk about systemic racism, uh, it's only been allowed to exist in in these larger institutions in our country uh, because of corruption right because we have leadership in this country that does not uh care about the general populace and it actually helps these leaders for us to be so divided right and for it to be a bi- a bipartisan model so I-, I just would hope that everyone understands that we need to uh focus on uh, you know putting energy towards changing the system uh in the voting booth right and doing it with an informed uh, and research opinion on who we think the best is. And I mean, shit, maybe this might even inspire people to to go out and run themselves or something, even though it takes an incredible amount of money. But um, but we need more people uh, that aren't just in it for, uh, I guess, like, you know, doing these back backdoor deals and stuff like that and making a profit and a career out of being a politician.
1: Yeah, we do definitely need to get the big money out of politics, that's for sure.
0: Yes sir. Um
1: but yeah, I would just like to say thank you guys for having us. Um I do uh, really appreciate you guys coming to me for um just a chance to talk and really just um kind of go through a therapy session kind of felt like, you know, just uh, I guess talking about my feelings for all of this, it just really helped me personally, so I want to thank you for that first off. And second of all, I want to say um, Rest in peace to Robert Fuller, 24 years old. Like I said at the beginning, he was found hung from a tree at Capitol Hill in Palmdale, California. They, they owe us answers. We need answers for that. Um, also, uh, continuing to say rest in peace, Brianna Taylor, because I'm going to still say that until her murderers are at least locked up, waiting to be put to trial for killing her in her sleep. And basically walking away like nothing happened. And also another young black man was killed in Atlanta last night by a cop. His name is uh, Rayshard Brooks. He was 27. It was a field sobriety test and he ended up getting killed by the police. So it it just seems like more days that we um, allow this to um, occur. There's going to be more moments that these um, instances do happen. And as much as people maybe want this movement to die down, as long as we're still getting killed like the way we are, um, th- it's not gonna die down um, because people are really starting to understand that they have some power and we're just starting to see the beginning of it. So uh, again, just wanna thank you guys for having me and and uh, also black lives do matter for those people that still are uh, confused by that.
0: Yes, sir. And that's our tips of Thoughts, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.